Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is Myth Monday. We have we think a pretty exciting topic for you guys, kind of a mesmerizing topic, but something new that we want to start doing. You know, Ben and I have been talking, just looking at where we are at in our lives um, as husbands and fathers and followers of Christ, uh, podcasters, outdoor educators, all the things that we do, uh, um, and we're thankful. You know, we're, we're very thankful as we look at our podcast and we watch it grow and we get the positive feedback. People are coming in and supporting us financially or with words. We're thankful for that. So uh, before we start each podcast and introduce our topic each week, we're just going to talk about something that we're thankful for. It may be quick. It may be long. uh, But we don't want to pass by on the good and positive things that are happening in our life. So I want to thank you for everybody that has turned this on and is taking the time out of your day to listen to this right now. I want to thank the people that are financially supporting us. Um, I would like to encourage others to uh, to do that as well. You know, this isn't something that we make a whole bunch of money out doing. We do it uh, because we love it and we think it's important to connect people to the outdoors creation and to provide things for you to do there and to stay safe. Absolutely, Brian. You're correct. Everything you said, I'm so thankful for all of those things. Um, you know, I also realized that, um, well, Scripture tells us that let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And that's really what I want to do right now is is boast in Him. You know, I'm so thankful for you and I being able to come together to do this. And I hope that we can continue to do that. And I just don't want to forget that I want to give God the glory in, in everything that we have learned and, and are educating and sharing about as well. Yeah, and, and that the list of where you could could give God the glory is endless. I mean, even from giving somebody the ability to make these microphones. Um, but, you know... <laughs> to be real honest and vulnerable, you and I aren't the the smartest guys. We 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 didn't come from a whole lot. We aren't great speakers, but yet here we are with a couple of microphones, putting content out to the whole world um, every week. And the only reason that is possible is because of of the things that God has done for us. Um, and to list all those would would take. An entire podcast episode, if, if not a whole day, but but do know that that is where our credit goes to, um, is to God. And maybe to give clarity to a, a listener that um, says, why would you, why would you give God the glory? You know, the real answer is because if you're not giving God the glory, then you're giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And there is a selfishness in that, and, and there are people that live that way. You know, they they are successful and live that way, um, but from our point of view and perspective. I, I don't want to live selfishly, so I'm going to give God the glory. Yeah, and and that's something I appreciate about you, and uh, we're going to kind of continue to try to have that sentiment as we move forward with this podcast. Uh, we're not changing the, the content we deliver, but we do kind of want to change um, maybe our attitude and mm-hmm. uh, our perspective of why we're here where we're at today. That's good. Yeah. Right. So with that being said, let, let's jump into what we're talking about today. It is Myth Monday, so we're bringing an outdoor myth to you. Um, this is one, as we lead, read through, there's quite a few myths that go around it, but there's one main myth that we're going to kind of attack, and then we'll throw in some other ones uh, to make sure that everybody 
is staying safe when they're outdoors. So what is that main myth we're going to attack today, Ben? So the myth that I've heard for many, many years is that lightning never strikes an object twice. Yeah, lightning never strikes the same place twice. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? And, you know, I don't know where it comes from. I think the, the idea behind it is in hopes that if your house got hit, it wouldn't get hit again. Yeah. I don't know if there's much science behind <laughs> no, it. No, there's not. It, it, it's just kind of one of those sayings like, uh, you know, that thing that happened to you was it was so rare. Don't worry about it because it's probably, probably not, not going to happen, happen again. again. So yeah. I don't, there really is no, no science or knowledge behind it. I think it's really just a saying. If that was true, then you and I, we would seek out those places that have already been struck. Right. Yeah. Because they're not going to... It's not going to happen again, so you're good to go. Yeah, that tree got struck. Hide under that one. Let's go hide under that one, right. right. <laughs> no, but things like this happen all the time where these sayings are said over and over again and passed through generations all the way back to when the Europeans first came to North America. And these things get said over and over again where people start to believe that it is truth, that it is science. If something is said long enough... You believe it. People believe in that that is the truth. So most everybody has heard that lightning never strikes the same place twice. And some people might say, oh, well, that must be, that's science. And I think it may not be you listening, but there's probably somebody that you know. And if it is you, that's okay, because I'll be honest with you. At one point in time, I heard it and I believed it. Right. I believed it. I'm just, just to be vulnerable, I believed that there was some kind of science backing behind lightning never strikes the same place twice. Um, And Maybe that's just to provide comfort to people when they're outside in a lightning storm. It struck over there, so go that way because it's not going to happen over there again. But uh, at the end of the day, is it true? Is there any truth to it, any validity? You know, situational awareness is something you and I love. We love to talk about it because we we live it. We do. You know, as we're going through life, as you and I see things or hear things, um, we question it. I think it's okay to question everything at Mm -hmm. first. Um, But it was when I came across... A video. I actually had read first that the Empire State Building gets struck like between 25 and 100 times in a year. Yeah. Like every year. Every year. Yeah. And I was like, what? And that's when this myth came to about was like, <laughs> what about what people say, man? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, how can the Empire State Building be hit more than just one time? And so that's when I got into videos. And you can look them up, check them out, go to YouTube, Empire State Building, Lightning Strikes. You know, there was a video I found that within 25 seconds, the Empire State Building had been struck by lightning three different times in 25 seconds. And I want to reiterate, 25 seconds. 25 seconds. Not 25 times the year. Right. Multiple times in 25 seconds. Right. So that would not be a place that you wanted to be. No. (laughs) At all. No. And also, the reason it gets struck so much, why? So yeah, share us. So what is lightning? And why is it even why is it even striking? What's it ha- what's happening there? What is lightning? You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you and I aren't the brightest two individuals. We're talking about a bright subject here in lightning. Good one. However, understanding what lightning is and how it happens is isn't the easiest task. So I will do my best to explain my understanding of what lightning is. Lay it on us. It's pretty easy to understand that lightning is an electrical charge, right? We see the light, we hear the boom, um, the flash. Lightning is so hot, it is five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Another kind of amazing factor uh, surrounding that is that only, there's about 2,000 deaths worldwide per year due to lightning. Um, In the U.S., 
I don't know why it's so much lower, but in the U.S., that's usually only about 40, 40 to 45 people in the U.S. per year that die from lightning. But only 10% of people that get struck by lightning actually die from lightning. And it's usually because uh, what it does to their brain or their heart. Right. So it's so powerful, five times hotter than the sun, full of electricity, yet only 10% of the people actually die. So that, there, there's really no answer for that. If you look and you research, you really can't find the answer as to why that is. So you also have the, the side that there are people that live after being struck. Yeah. But it's really impacts the rest of their life. It can. Yeah. It can leave them uh, maimed, um, not able to use their body. It can leave people with brain damage. It can leave people. Um, a lot of times they'll have multiple heart attacks after that's happened because of the, the cardiac trauma that happened from it. Well, there's one man that actually burns. He can't feel temperature. So, like, he goes out in this cold, and he has to be careful about frostbite because he can't... That sounds like a superhero. That is an outdoor superhero. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want that. Think about it. It could be January, and you could be out fishing, and you could still dive in and get your lure because you can't feel the water, right? You could, but you're going to have a buddy like me to remind you, hey, now we have to leave and go get warm. You might get hypothermia. Because <laughs> now death okay, is upon you. Okay, maybe he's not a superhero. That's right. Maybe not. He's a hero because he lived a lightning strike, so that's pretty There you cool. go. But look, look, what is lightning? So when you think about electricity, you, ha- you have electrical charges. So what, what is happening up in the clouds is instability. You have ice crystals and moisture all reacting, rubbing against each other, causing uh, negative charges. And so in a cloud, you have negative and positive charges. The positive are going to rise to the top of that cloud structure. The negative are going to go towards the bottom. When you think about charges, just like a magnet, opposites attract and likeness repels. So negative in the bottom of the cloud is pushing the negative on the ground away, which means the positive is rising. That's why that tallest object is always getting struck. So as the positive is coming up and the negative in the clouds are down, those two opposite things attract and the lightning bolt is the atmosphere's way of fixing, correcting that instability. So once that lightning bolt strikes, the positive and negative come together, those energies are used up and now there's more stability. So it's actually kind of, I would say God's way of knowing that our atmosphere is going to have these disruptions and there has to be lightning to kind of settle them out, add stability to that. Wow. Yeah. And there's destruction in that. Did I explain that somewhat understandable? Yeah, it's, I mean... It's kind of a complex thing. Sounds like protons and electrons and kaboom. Correct. <laughs> protons, <laughs> electrons, a lot of heat, a lot of electricity, and kaboom. Yeah, kaboom. We'll, Just, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like there's... A, I mean, there is destruction in that. In there that, is. Um, when you have chaos, which this is kind of like life, there's a lot of chaos happening. Um, it reaches a point where kaboom, and then from there you, you have destruction that you have to uh, work through. Mm-hmm. You know, the tree is split in half. Sometimes it regrows, sometimes it doesn't. But there's also beauty in it as well. I know that I have found, it's actually hunting in New Mexico, and it's very sandy out there, and I found what I'm calling crystals. You know, they're, it's this crystallized sand, but they were beautiful colors, blues. I found some greens, but there's there's beauty in that as well. Yeah, people will actually do the lightning rods in the uh, in the sand on the beaches so that they get hit, and it makes basically these glass really cool, crazy lightning-shaped glass structures. Yeah, they're pretty Uh, neat. um, I don't know if I want to be out there with a lightning rod on the beach during a storm, but even just um, sitting and observing the storm rolling in, you know, uh, the way my house was built, 
the the back of my house with all the windows faces the west and it's one of my favorite things to be able to just be safe be in shelter but to look and watch the storms roll in and and see all the lightning in the sky and it, it really is beautiful you know sometimes i even get out my my phone and and take some video and pictures of that that's a pretty popular thing to do so it, it is amazing that something that is so powerful so destructive can possibly kill you yet still has this enamoring beauty yeah that's honestly there's that can just look around creation uh there's so many things like that just just to be in awe of you know before before we talk about going outdoors and and being around lightning and kind of living life that way there is another a thought that i had when uh kind of working through this myth you know um in genesis it literally says that god said let there be light and there was light and so there's this idea, if we look at lightning, lightning is the speed of light. I mean, it's that fast. And if you've ever been around that, as quick as it is, it's even before the thunder, there's fear there. Like, mm. you see it, and you're like, oh, I got to you know, I gotta go. And then the thunder hits, and yeah. it's this, oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it's this power. But Well, you're not going to run from a lightning strike. You can't. No. I mean, it's it's all of a sudden there, you know. Nearly instantaneous. And so here's a cool, I've read this before and, and was just thinking about this. As as God said, let there be light, you know, that is how quickly God speaks. He speaks at the speed of light. You and I cannot do that. <laughs> that is how quickly he speaks. As he speaks it, light happens, and we know how fast the speed of light is, and we can see that even in lightning, it is quick. Are you telling me I need to listen faster? Yes, you do. <laughs> Be on your toes, boy. I just don't listen fast enough, I think, is, is the biggest issue there. You know, you mentioned, you use the word destruction and, and kind of relating to the physical, actual physical damage that lightning can do. Um, some more destruction that can come with all kinds of things are these myths. So we're we've got our main underlying myth here that lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. We now know that it does, and there's if you don't believe me, hop online there's tons and tons of examples and research um it it's not it's not hard to find to yeah there's the evidence truth. through observational science correct very easy it's very there but there's a lot of smaller we'll call them smaller myths that go around lightning and what is destructive about them is that if you believe them it can actually cost you you or somebody else your life so i think we should go through several of those to make sure um, that people are staying safe and that they understand storms and lightning better and then uh, then we'll share what we recommend that they do and things that we do to stay safe while enjoying the outdoors. This sounds um, good. The first one that I really want to share, because this is a really common one that you hear all the time, is about cars. I'm gonna mm -hmm. give somebody. I'm gonna give you just a second here. Think about lightning and vehicles and what you've heard. You've had your second, and now you've probably thought, "Oh, my tires." My four rubber tires keep me safe. Because of rubber. Because of rubber the rubber. Rubber shoes, rubber tires, this rubber idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't. You are safe in a car if it is all metal and there's a metal roof over your head. That's what's keeping you safe. Because that lightning cannot just go right through the metal to your roof. It's actually going to hit the roof, disband all around you through your car. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the tires keeping you safe. So the one thing to say to that is if you are driving or you're staying Maybe you're car camping and you're seeking shelter in a vehicle. You don't want to be touching the exterior. You don't want to be touching even the inside of your doors. 
stay to the middle of the car, stay to your seat, try to touch nothing that connects to the frame of that car because as it hits that roof of that car, is going to disband through the exterior. Right, that's what's keeping you safe Correct. is the actual metal. You know, you look at pictures and videos of people, the cars that have been hit, their tires are blown out. Like the rubber is melted, exploded, gone. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, one, um, one myth that you're going to hear all the time, I've actually, again, going to be vulnerable here. I've done this uh, many a times. I've been outside, and there's lightning around, and you can almost kind of start to feel this. Hair, your hair is going to stand up. I mean, and there actually are accounts of people where that positive, that attraction, the positive going up, the negative coming down is starting to occur, and people's hair actually will start to stand up. You can feel it on your skin. You can feel that disturbance that if you crouch down, kneel down, now you're not the tallest thing. Um, you're good. Any truth to that? So let's go back because if you're going to go climb a mountain, okay, the mountain is one of the tallest points in that area. So if you're going to go hiking, backpacking, and you want to ascend a mountaintop, that's why they teach you to go early of the morning because most thunderstorms happen in the afternoon. So you want to be able to make that peak before that chance of the storms rolling in. So if you're on top of the mountain, and you start feeling what you're describing, these, your hair starting to stand mm-hmm. up. There is no squatting that's going to save you. No. I mean, if you feel those feelings, it's, it's another example. There are people that have been out fishing in their boats, holding up their fishing rods, and they start actually getting kind of zapped. It's made a little mini zaps in their mm-hmm. fishing rod, and they're holding their, the tip of their rod down because they're in a tournament and they don't want to leave. That is the danger. That is so dangerous yeah. because there's nothing you can do to, to really get out of there except for to leave to run to get to the lowest area at that moment because squatting down doesn't help in those scenarios it doesn't help that would be a myth i do want to add though that to maybe give you some security if you are out backpacking camping hiking if you are in an area where there's tall things you want to make yourself the tiniest out of all those things to give you the best shot to not get struck because you may be in a situation where the storm literally comes over the top of you. You cannot leave. If you run, you're running where? I mean, the storm is over on top of you. Right. The only chance you have is to literally squat down and become the smallest thing. But if you are the tallest, like if you're on top of a mountain and you're feeling those things, squatting down is not going to do you any good. Yeah, and, and there's kind of a there's kind of a, a predicament there when you're in a storm because really crouching down if you're out in the open. Um, it isn't going to help you. So then you think, well, I need to seek cover so that I'm the smallest thing. I need to get around bigger things. Well, now you're around the thing that's going to get shocked and lightning is going to disperse more than 60 feet in every direction from the thing that's getting hit. So now you're not really safe. You never want to take shelter under a tree. Don't take shelter by the tallest object. It's not going to help you. You need to get a roof over your head. You need to get something over your head. But remember in a wilderness, let's just say survival situation, but in a wilderness situation, if you're backpacking, um, Here's, here's what they teach you because this is your best option. This is all you have. I can't I can't make a structure to protect me. Right. So what that means is, is that if you're with a group of people, you literally want to get to the lowest area if you can. Let's just take a field, for instance. If you're out in a field, you're supposed to all spread out as far as you can from each other. Because if, if you've seen cattle, mm-hmm. cattle in storms, they group together, and a lot of times they'll be under a tree. When the tree gets hit, it kills It'll all kill of them. It'll kill your whole herd, 30, right. 40 cattle at a time. So the idea and concept is for everybody to spread out, to give each individual a greater chance of not being struck. 
and then you are supposed to squat to help try to be the lowest thing there. Also, they're going to teach that when you're in the wilderness, if you're finding trees, you want to, if, if you're going to be under trees, then you want to be under the shortest trees, not the tallest. Right. Is this, what, what? again, it, it, getting out of there is your best option, but if you're trapped there, that is the best of the worst case scenario because what else are you going to do? Right. What you're trying to say is you aren't safe. If you're caught no. outdoors and you cannot get to shelter, you are not safe. Right. But you can reduce your odds of being struck, but don't think that you're safe. Right. Right. Because the best way, the best thing to do is to get out of there. That's why when you're on the mountaintop, you start scrambling to get down. Right. Right. Where you're kind of, I'll call it hosed, where you're kind of out of luck is when you're out in the flattest, if you're already in the flattest area, there really isn't anything to right. do. So the best thing is to what, squat because they have nothing do, else to, to do. Unless it's completely flat. So even if there's just rolling hills, you know, don't be towards the top of the hill. So try to get down towards that, that holler or that valley um, and try to get out, down there and then be the lowest, smallest thing. But um, crouching down isn't going to eliminate the risk. It's not going to make you safe. Uh you really have to have shelter. And sometimes you don't have that. And that's, no, you don't. that's kind of unfortunate. You it, know, one time I was out at a pond fishing with a friend and this storm, the, the way the pond was kind of tucked up against this really tall, I'm going to call it a ridge, but it was about three, four, three or 400 foot tall. You know, here in the Ozark mountains, our, our elevation changes three to 400 feet pretty quickly all the time. Um, we call them ridges, uh, some people call them mountains, but they're three or 400 foot taller than our normal elevation. And we were kind of tucked up against that. And the way the storm came over, we didn't really see it coming. It was kind of heard some lightning or heard some thunder, saw some lightning, bam, it was there. Way far away from any shelter, on foot, miles from a house. What do we do? Well, as we start to go up this hill, you can see this this huge flat rock outcropping sticking out of the side. It was about halfway up the hill. And we thought, well, we can both fit under. That'll be awesome. We'll we'll stay dry. Lightning won't be able to get us. Well, as I've come to find out, that's not very smart either because what is the only thing obtruding from the side of that hill that we were on was this big rock. Mm -hmm. And because rocks have metals in them, they can conduct electricity. And we weren't safe underneath that were we maybe safer than standing out where we were yes but we definitely weren't safe like we felt that we were right false sense of security Correct. yeah you know to clarify because you said thunder and you said lightning um those listening you know my my kid actually asked me this the other day we we kind of talked through it you know lightning is that it's the light thunder is the sound that's made so a lot of people are scared of thunder and I'm like, why are you scared of thunder? You should be scared of lightning, <laughs> not the thunder. But it is the thunder that, that gets people because it is so loud. But that, that's not even the dangerous part. So um, just to clarify again, you know, lightning is what's what's blowing out the trees. It's what's striking. The thunder is is the noise that's produced from how quickly that, that lightning is occurring. Yeah. The thunderous voice of God. Yeah. The, the thunderous voice. Um the last one that I want to share on these myths, and I've I've heard this before, you know, something that we offer as a company, we offer uh, CPR and first aid courses. We teach in-person mm -hmm. CPR first aid certification through American Red Cross, and you hear if a light if a victim somebody has been electrocuted by lightning, 
that you shouldn't touch them. You should stay away from them. Um, and that's really sad. That That's kind of a, kind of a chilling thought to put out there because the fact is that the human body can't store the electricity. And so you should be jumping in to help them. If they're not breathing, jump in, give them CPR. If you have an AED, get that thing acting, which may seem crazy. I'm going to shock them. But what happens with lightning a lot of times is the shock messes up our heart and it needs to be shocked back into the correct rhythm. So jump in, give them CPR. It is not going to harm you. Right. Yeah. We don't store energy. We don't store that in our bodies. So you can't be shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah, begin CPR. If you don't know or haven't been trained in CPR, there's what's called hands only. You're able to do that, which is finding the center of the chest and giving two inches of depth compression. So you're pushing down at least two inches and you're doing that at a hundred beats per minute or more. So a hundred, uh, a little faster than a hundred beats per minute. So staying alive, a lot of people laugh and have seen nothing on the office they they play the song or talk about yeah. the song right uh, uh, um uh, you can uh, find any song spotify alive. has a Damn huge alive. list of 100 beats per minute songs so find one that you know so that you can keep the beat and really do 100 beats per minute on that person's chest correct yeah and then breaths come in you know if you've been trained then you can begin to provide breaths as well um but in in lightning you know Stay away. That's yeah. that's really what we're trying to say, say here. Let, is, let, is, let's jump in to tell people what they really need to do to, to stay safe outdoors when storms you know, are coming. You and I, we, we've played baseball. Our kids are in sports. You know, uh, Honestly, as you see the storm rolling in, you're going to maybe even see some lightning way off in the distance. What When I was a lifeguard, what they teach you is is when you see lightning, you know, you're going to get out of the water, especially in any kind of water, get out, get away. And that gives you time to get away. If you let it get closer and closer and make that judgment call, it, you may be too late, right? Yeah. But there, there is some some lines there. So five miles, that's a great thing to, to kind of remember. But five miles, I mean, if it's that close to you, you better have already been off the field and, and cleared the field. Correct. Um, when I was running challenge courses, you know, if if we heard thunder but couldn't see lightning, I'm, I'm still pretty good. Because there was times where I'm like, is that a jet going over or is that thunder? I don't know. Is it a jet or it's thunder? But the moment that you see that lightning strike... I think the moment that you know that it's thunder, the moment that you have that question of, oh, that is thunder... That's a judgment call by your parks as well because your parks are going to keep letting the kids play. Yeah. I mean, there is. There's a line there. But what you're actually evaluating is you're looking at radar and you're seeing how far away it is. Yeah, now and that with, we have that tool, radar... The technology today helps right. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you're out in the wilderness, though, and you don't have that, you're leaving. You're getting out. You're, you know, you're getting off the water. You're, you're, you're seeking safety. Um, if I have a group, we're going to try to start moving down or whatever to that lowest lying area for sure. You know, I've heard people say before, well, if, if there, if it's not raining, if the clouds aren't over my head and it's not raining, that lightning can't strike. Um, that's also not true. There, there's things called bolts from the blue and lightning can actually strike out of the storm center because there's so much disruptance, even if it's a blue sky over your head, as long as there is a storm within 10 to 15 miles. So just because the clouds aren't there yet, don't necessarily think that you're completely free. That's right. Once that 10, 15 mile range comes that you know you can look at the radar, uh, my phone, I have it even set where I get alerts. Lightning within, uh, lightning has been detected within five miles of your location. I have it set to where that is giving me that, um, mostly just because we usually have clients when we're outdoors, so yeah. we, it's our responsibility to keep them safe. Right. But uh, 10 to 15 miles from a blue sky, lightning can strike and you should already be gone by that point. You like, should, like and, you said, and that's why with technology today, it's awesome. If you don't have that technology, um, it's kind of the the rule of thumb, the quick tip. You know, you're outdoors. 
that storm comes up, you don't have that cell service, you can't figure out where it's where it's at. And the reason I share this is, Brian, you've you've told me before that you've seen lightning, you've looked it up, and it's actually a storm that's in Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. So, actually, a beautiful storm. It looks like it's just you know a few miles out. You can see the clouds, you can see the lightning flash after flash after flash, and oh, I didn't know it was supposed to storm today. And I look up, and it's in Oklahoma, which is. 150 miles from me right so it's 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 a long distance away you know i'm not going to quit activities i'm going to continue to do what i need to do with my group of people but here's a good rule of thumb so i think they call it the the flashbang method or flash the bang but you know it's it's not 100 percent accurate like to the t but it gives you a pretty good idea it's an approximation it's an approximation so basically you're going to count how many seconds pass between the flash of lightning and the sound of the thunder and what that's going to tell you is that you're basically you're dividing the number of seconds by five to find the distance in miles. So that's that's what you're doing. The basically the average is five seconds to one mile. So when you see that lightning, you would begin to count, and then as you get there, you're gonna divide and you're gonna know how many miles away so that that is. Fifteen seconds would be three miles. Yes. Right. Because five seconds per mile. Correct. So. Hopefully, when you're doing this, if you ever have to do this, hopefully you're accounting for a, a long time between the lightning strike and the thunder. Because if if you're if you're not counting for very long, that means the storm is already on top of right. you, and you're kind of too late. So right. hustle, hurry, run, get away. Yep. A uh, couple more tips for you to stay safe when you're outdoors. One, plan before you go. Know what weather systems may be coming. Uh, most of our technology now is going to help us know a, an approximate time when they're coming. But just be aware, be looking, uh, did I go out, was it blue skied, and, and now there's thunderheads forming in the distance, like, just keep that awareness that we talk about all the time, keep that awareness about what is happening around you. Also, the things that get struck are the pointy things. Yes. The pointy things. So if you are golfing, playing baseball, fishing, hiking, hiking a trekking, a trekking pole, pole in your backpack, any of these things that conduct electricity that are pointy and you may be holding up higher even than yourself, they aren't safe to have out there um, when there could be storms around or when there is a storm around. So try to reduce those things. Ben mentioned people getting, uh, literally they're fishing and lightning strikes the pole that they're holding. And it doesn't hit them, but it hits the pole because the pole is, they're holding it in their proper 45 degree angle and yeah, it's higher than a their A height, head. pointy shape. Right. Right. And isolation are the dominant factors. So try to reduce those things. Don't go crazy and think that because you have a metal watch or sunglasses or phone that you need to get rid of those things. Those aren't going to affect whether you get hit by lightning or not. Um, I don't know. Can you think of anything else, uh, uh, tips for people to stay safe? Just do a story real quick. Yeah, you know, yeah, share one. Uh, took my father and son fishing just a little while back. Go ahead, share a story. I'll take a nap. Thank you. While we were out, storms started brewing to the north didn't uh, you know that would be a tip is to always check the weather before you go um you know where we live here in the ozarks our summertime our temps we're always looking at a 20 percent chance of thunderstorms that's just what happens in the summertime so you can have these pop-up thunderstorms that happen and that's what happened to us on this day and we didn't get any of the where your hair standing up because we're not in that we're not that close to the storm so again if you started feeling those things you want to run, drive, leave, do whatever you can to get away. If you're feeling that where your hair is starting to stand up, that's that is scary. That's you're in it, getting ready to happen. But you know, we wanted to stay out of the storm, and so the only way 
to get back is to go towards the storm. That's where our boat ramp's at. That's how I get out. So I was in question, should I, should I leave right now or are we going to drive right into it? So I kind of got prompted. I was like, it's time to go. We need to go. So I, we started putting everything up in the boxes in the boat and here we go. And I thought, you know what? I need to start looking at these docks to see if there's anywhere to take shelter. And what I mean by that is an open slip. So you find docks that don't have boats in those slips. And thankfully we found one and I was like, you know what? We ought to pull in here and just see what's going to happen. And as we did, boom, here comes the lightning. Matter of fact, a little bit of hail and then the hardest rain you can imagine, right? And so we were able to stay safe. We stayed under that dock until the storm passed and, and went over us. And then we were able to, to get back to fishing. Yeah, and just getting that roof over your head, even though you're out on the water, is, is going to make you safe. But since you shared a story with water, that's something else that I want to share is anytime there's potential lightning around, get out of and away from water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing that I want to share, going to date us a little bit here, Benjamin. Mm-hmm can remember when we had corded telephones yes and if there were storms around parents would say hey we probably shouldn't be on the phone and i thought well that's i mean it's not going to strike through the house not going to strike me but there is actually truth to that there is the aside the tangent of that is do you remember when we got cordless telephones yes you could go talk to your girlfriend in your room privately now this is we're not talking about cell phones here we're talking about landline (laughs) phones that are cordless landline yes attached to the wall in your home yes it you can't take them anywhere. Such but a then, good day. yes, they went wireless to where you could take the handset and you could walk around the house wherever you wanted to. The coolest ones were the clear case ones where you could see all the components on the inside. Well, we never could afford that. Oh, I don't even, I cool. never even saw it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, yes, corded devices in your house. So you don't, even now with cell phones, if, if, you're, uh, if you've drained it all day and now you've got it plugged in and you're trying to charge it back up for the evening and you're still sitting there in your recliner going through it plugged in. Uh, you're not. You could get shocked if it hits your house. Um, what a uh, windows, doors, concrete. You don't. You want to stay away from those things, even though you're indoors and you are much safer. You still need to kind of stay towards the interior of the house. You don't want to be leaning um, up against the concrete wall, touching windows, touching any kind of metal. Like when you're on your dock, any of the metal supports that were going up to the roof. Right. You don't want to be touching any of those. Matter of fact, we actually stayed in the boat. We did because getting out on the dock, there was a lot of metal. And, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, I would add, you said water, we're talking about showering, bathing in, in a lightning storm. So let those things pass before you hop in the shower. But I want to share this though, that you can only do the best that you can do in the moment that you have to make the decision. So we're just trying to bring clarity of, Hey, if you, if you're able to avoid these things, then do it, but you're going to have to make the best ju- judgment call in the moment. That's right. why we stayed in the boat. We didn't touch any metal and we let it pass and we're here today. Um, you got to make that judgment call in the moment. Yep. So lastly, to, to reiterate, we hope you guys have some some things now that will keep you safe and maybe you have a little bit of understanding of lightning. You know, when I was working um, at, at the nature park at Dogwood Canyon, um, I was in operation, so kind of just charge of, in charge of running the, the daily business, something that would happen every single year, sometimes once a month, all summer long. We had this beautiful, and it was just for decoration, but it was a beautiful metal, I think it was copper, no, it wasn't copper because co- copper would have, uh, maybe it was. Beautiful metal decoration weather vane on top of the building. It was a big fish weather vane. Just decoration. Didn't tell you anything about the weather or the wind. It got hit by lightning all the time. And every time it did, we had no phones. We had no internet. Mm. Our fire alarm system is beeping, going crazy. 
you really can't run a business in today's world without telephones and internet. It stunk so bad. But my point is, it hit the same spot twice, three, four, five. It's probably been hit 40 times. I don't know because I'm not there anymore, but it still is getting hit to this day. So lightning does strike twice. There are things you can do to stay safe. Um, ben, is there anything else that you want to share about lightning? I think with lightning, it's just a recap again. It's just, you know, you're going to have to, if you see lightning, man, start planning and making, you know, your action plan right then. Do I need to go back to my vehicle and wait it out there? Um, is there a building close enough by that I can go into? You know, if you're out enjoying the outdoors and you get in a storm, you're going to have to find that lowest area and get away from the tallest objects. And sometimes you may be in a situation where the best thing to do is literally squat down, but that isn't ideal because there's just still a lot of risk in it. Yeah. So you, you've got to make the best call in the moment you have it. And if you've been blessed with, I see the storm coming, then get out of there before you have to worry about it. Yeah. Don't, don't tarry. Don't wait. Yeah. Don't basically. wait. Make the call and go. Yeah. And you know what? We talked earlier about the suddenness of lightning of it's literally the speed of light, how fast it is. I think about what the Bible says about Jesus coming back. And he, what's amazing is, guess, guess what he uses to liken the speed that he comes back? Lightning. Lightning. Yeah. In Matthew 24, 27, it literally says, For as lightning that comes from the west is visible even in the east, so will be the coming of the sun. So he's using the quality of lightning to talk about how sudden his, his return, the promise of his return is going to happen. There's going to be warning signs. I think we're probably seeing some of those today. You're going to hear the rumble. You're going to hear the thunder, but you still aren't going to be able to see or predict when and where that lightning is going to happen. Then I love that he talks about how far how it's going to be visible from the east to the west. I talked about how I can see it in Oklahoma 150 miles away. When he returns, everybody's going to know about it. There'll mm -hmm. be no mystery. And I just think it's so amazing that the things that we witness and we think are enamoring and beautiful today uh, things so complex like lightning that we don't even have a full understanding of it, still just theories about a lot of it, that we look at the Bible and he's using it to help us understand him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing. And that that's part of the reason why I think creation is so powerful because it is telling his story to us every single day. But sure. I digress. I hope that you guys um, had fun with this. I hope you guys get some helpful tips from this. Um, if you want to support the podcast, we like we said, we're so thankful for that. You can go to Patreon. Any of our link trees uh, on our Facebook or Instagram uh, will take you to our, you can get to our website, you can get to our Patreon, you can become a member uh, of the podcast and support it financially. We're not asking for much. We just do 5 or $10 a month uh, donations there. Whatever platform you're listening on, please download it. Hit that automatic download button so that you get the new episode. You can even hit the notification button. That way you get an alert when meant to be outdoors. But we, we put one out every Monday and every Thursday, so you can kind of count on that. If you don't follow us on social, please do. Uh, we try to do at least two posts for every episode that goes out um, of the experiences that we've uh, been doing or maybe something educational uh, about the podcast that's coming up. So it's a great way to follow along on there. Um, that is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Between now and the next one, we hope that you get outdoors and watch out for the lightning. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.